four cups. So by tradition, the Passover meal starts and ends with wine. According to custom, even the poorest person must have at least four cups of wine during the celebration, even if it meant they had to ask for funds from the poor box to obtain it. And those four cups of wine represent the four promises made by God to his people. The first cup of wine is called the cup of sanctification to commemorate God's promise that he would call those people out and make them a separate people apart for himself. The second cup is called the cup of deliverance. It represented the people's deliverance from the plagues on Egypt and God's promise to grant them freedom. The third cup is called the cup of redemption, signifying God's promise to redeem his people, and it represented the blood of the actual lamb that had been slain that evening. And the fourth cup, that one's called the cup of completion, sealing the promise of God that he will take us and make us his very own. And on that Thursday night, Jesus, our Lord, the host of the table, took that very first cup and gave thanks to the creator and ruler of the universe, the God who created the fruit of the vine, and he said to his disciples, take this and divide it among you. And that first cup, having been drunk, the host of the table washes his hands along with everyone else. But tonight, the master doesn't stop there because this night, our Lord Jesus, in an incredible show of humility, washed the dust-covered feet of his friends also. The Apostle John tells us that Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put his clothes on and returned to the table and to his place, and he said, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. And after Jesus had returned to the, the table, the, the bread for the evening was open. Actually, uh, three loaves of unleavened bread are, are taken out of their cloth cover, and the middle piece is broken in two. One of those pieces is eaten, and one of them is actually hidden inside a linen napkin to be joyfully returned later at the end of the meal. And in memory of that moment, would you sing with me now, Break Thou the Bread of Life, number 413.
I shall dwell in peace even in all. Why is this night different from other nights? So now the second cup, the cup of deliverance is poured. It's not mentioned in the Gospels. It's, it's poured and, and not drunk yet immediately. It sits on the table untouched while the head of the household retells the story of the people's deliverance from bondage just as if they had personally been there. So it's not a rereading of the salvation story, but it's a retelling of the event as if they were the first generation to experience it. And the story is prompted by having one of the youngest people present, usually the son of the family, asking questions about the meaning of this night. Hey, bud. Dad, why is this night different from any other night? I'm glad you asked. The Bible tells us in the future, your children will ask you, what does all of this mean? And then you'll tell them. With the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of a place of slavery. Today is a day to remember. A day to remember that we're no longer slaves, but children of a very great king. And this story is your story. It's my story. This story is not about keeping laws and regulations. It's not about keeping some empty, meaningless customs. It's about keeping something worth preserving. The remembrance of the new covenant. Because by direct intervention of God in the person of Jesus Christ, we have been set free from our old way of life. And he has strengthened us on our journey. He sheltered us with his loving hands. And he's carried us through the wilderness and given us water to drink from the rock of Christ. And he has brought us here tonight to a place overflowing with blessings where tonight, tonight, brothers and sisters, we are free. Would you join me in singing, He Hideth My Soul, hymn number 611. strength and that day. 
he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Where shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my inside in the depths of his love, and covers me there with his hand, and covers. I sing of my rapture, O glory to God, for ever He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock and covers the dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his Passover transformed. So now that the questions have been asked and the story of deliverance retold, that second cup, the, the one that had been sitting there all this time through the account, is now lifted and everyone would drink. Hands were washed a second time and then the host of the table broke more bread and would, would dip it in bitter herbs and a, a sweet fruit paste and serve it to everyone around the table. And it's here that Jesus predicts his betrayal. John 13 tells us that our Lord looked around the table and he said, I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. And now Jesus was deeply troubled and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean, and the disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, who's he talking about? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, it's the one to whom I give the bread that I dip in the bowl, and when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. And then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once going out into the night. And he goes out into that night. But well before the Lord instituted his memorial meal, because it's at this point in the evening that the main course is served. This is when the actual dinner gets underway. That roasted lamb commemorating the one slain in Egypt is now sliced and 
and served and eaten with more bread and bitter herbs until every bit is gone. Gone really for the very last time because after this particular night, the practice of killing and eating an actual lamb would have no further significance for the true children of God. And so it is at this point that Jesus transformed the Passover Seder meal into his last supper. And when everything else had been eaten, that last piece of matzah, the one that had been hidden in the beginning of the meal is broken and that piece is returned and unwrapped from its linen cover. And at that point, the host of the table breaks it in pieces to be eaten by everyone at the table. And Matthew picks up the account and he tells us, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Did you pray with me? Eternal Father, remembering now all your mighty acts and your mercy, we take this bread and this wine from the gifts that you have given us. And with humility, Lord, we ask you for the presence of your Holy Spirit among us, that the bread we break and the cup we bless would become for us the bread of life and the cup of salvation, making them sacred, Lord, not for our bodies, but for our souls as we celebrate with joy the redemption won for us in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you join in our communion hymn, Come to the Table, I'm going to invite the deacons to come to the table as well. sisters in the lord's supper christ is present with us and by the power of his holy spirit he offers us his body given for our sake and his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins but the word commands us not to go to the lord's table with any unconfessed sin in our hearts so we're going to take a moment for a silent prayer we're going to pray together and then we'll hear the promise of god's forgiveness so will you pray with me God, our Father, we confess before you that we have not always loved you with all of our hearts, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. But Lord, we come tonight to this holy celebration. We come to receive this holy sacrament, Lord. And so we come, first of all, offering up to you and in confessing in your presence all those sins that have separated us from you, trusting, Lord, in no merit of our own but only in the forgiveness, one for us in Jesus Christ on the cross, in whose name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the good news of the gospel is that sins that are truly confessed are truly forgiven, and we can know that we have God's peace.
please serve God's people. our Lord took bread and he blessed it as we have done in his name and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said this is my body given for you do this in memory of me brothers and sisters this is the bread of life body of Christ God's people.
you've been keeping track, what cup number is this? Number three. Number three. Scripture calls it the cup after supper. The cup after supper was not just any cup. This was the cup that represented the blood of the actual lamb that had been slain for the Passover sacrifice. But Jesus said after tonight, sins won't be forgiven in the blood of rams or bulls or goats. Tonight, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, this is the cup of the new covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ. pray with me eternal God holy and mighty it's truly right and our greatest joy to give you thanks and praise in every time and every place thank you Lord for inviting us to your table this night and feeding us with your son who is the true bread from heaven the food of eternal life even Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit one God now and forever amen So that third cup now, having been drained, the fourth and final cup is filled. The one that's called the cup of completion, the the cup of taking in, the cup that represented God's marriage with his people. The cup that drew the whole ceremony to a close, but this one Jesus fills and, and sets it aside. And he tells us in Matthew 26, he says, Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And that's where we come into the picture and where you and I become a living part of the story because Jesus is saying that he will drink that cup only when all of his children, all of his children are with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Because you see, our communion service tonight uh, is a place where we drink in remembrance, but we're looking for the day when Jesus will call us home and finish the feast, when he lifts that final cup and takes us into his kingdom. And will you sing with me, We Remember You, hymn number 459. covenant with us. Be remembered. 
worship you, O Lord. The evening concluded. So the Passover meal concluded late in the evening, and when they had sung a hymn, they went outside the city, outside to an olive press, one called Gethsemane, where Jesus found a quiet spot to pray. Jesus prayed for himself, prayed for his disciples, and he prayed for us. And he asked Peter and James and John to keep watch for him and for them to pray too, but they were too drowsy from the meal that they had just enjoyed and from the somberness of the evening. And so Jesus prayed on alone while an armed crowd moved in to arrest him. Jesus went back to his friends and said, Are you still sleeping and resting enough? The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of his enemies. Get up. Let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Would you please stand with me for our closing hymn, I believe, in a hill called Mount Calvary.
pray together. Father God, send the spirit of truth to keep alive in us all that Jesus did and taught, that in our words we may carry the good news and that our lives may bear the shape of his cross. Grant us, Lord, we pray in this world knowledge of your truth and in the world to come everlasting life. Send your Son to bring us home quickly, Lord, and in our day that we may be gathered in heaven, your home, the new Jerusalem, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, our service is now complete, and just as our Lord left the upper room and led his disciples into the garden to spend the evening in prayer, so too we leave now in an attitude of prayer and reflection, departing in silence until we meet again on the blessedness of the Lord's day. Go in peace. Amen.